0: Good morning, New Hope. Good morning, everyone. What a joy it is to have you, and what a joy it is to be here to worship with you. If you're with us online, welcome to New Hope. If you're a visitor here or online, we would really encourage you to text the word welcome to the number on the screen or the number in your bulletin 704 459 5575. We're so thankful. This season has been amazing, the season of Advent, and this is our last Sunday um, for Advent. So I'm excited to share this week of peace with you. But first, I have a few announcements. So, Children's Church, there's a sign-up in the hall for Children's Church. If you would like to help me out, all the materials, curriculum that you need can be provided and you'll never do it more than once every 6 weeks at the most. So don't be afraid if you put your name down and you're the only one that does not mean you're in charge of children's church. So if you would like to sign up and help me out with that, that would be wonderful. A few reminders, this is in your bulletin, but we have caroling on Wednesday night. We'll meet here at 5:30. To Carol at the Shut-In's house, we have our Christmas Eve candlelight service on Christmas Eve at 5 o'clock. And next Sunday is Casual Sunday. So if you have a New Hope t-shirt, a new shirt, or whichever to wear that, or casual apparel. All right. Peace. I'm so thankful this is how we're ending this, and let's pray before we read our scripture. Father in heaven, majestic Lord, almighty God, we humbly come before you as undeserved followers of you. You have saved us, redeemed us, forgiven us countless times, Lord, and we, we come to you and give you this time. We pray you open our minds and ears and let us hear what you have for us today. We give you this worship time, this experience, and all that we have, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Our word is peace, but the Hebrew word is shalom. And I love that word so much more because it means so much more. When we think about peace, we often think about the absence of conflict. But peace, shalom, means that, but also it means all is well. A right relationship with God. That carries so much more than just, let's have peace. In John, as Jesus is talking with the disciples, In John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And then John 16, verse 33, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We will, it's a guarantee, you will have tribulation. All will not be right in this world. We cannot expect our days, our weeks, our years, our moments to be right. But take heart. He has overcome all of it. He sees the ending, the ending that we can't see. He's already taking care of it. And the peace that he left us with is a peace that we can all have the peace of his salvation, the peace that we get when we think about his birth and what a gift that was. I pray for each person listening, each family, that this week you ponder on this word, shalom, peace, that you think about what is your life like and how can all be well in your life. How can you pray? What can you What can your relationship with God be like so that you feel that peace that God gave us for each one of us to have freely?
1: name, the name of Jesus. Amen. He is our Redeemer, our Savior, and our Lord. That's why he arrived on this earth to provide that way of salvation for us. Christmas is indeed a a time of surprises. It was a time of surprise in the day it happened. Uh, Though people were looking for the birth of the Messiah, um, they weren't expecting it that day. And, And you know what? the day of jesus's return people are looking for it and waiting on it they're going to be surprised when it happens are you ready for that day are you ready for him to come back are you ready for him uh, to take you home uh, again christmas is a, a time of of surprises and and gifts and gifts under the tree all that's uh you know you, you might see a bunch of gifts and you don't know what they are until you open them up right um, maybe it's a surprise gift or a surprise visit from someone. Um, maybe you've got family coming home over the holidays. Maybe you didn't know they were coming or didn't know they were going to be here. And, and so it was full of surprises, uh, kind of like the lady that was uh, making her her uh, Christmas cookies, you know, cooking up a storm, getting her cookies and, and goodies made for everybody. And as she was working, there was a knock on the door, and, and she went to the door, and there was just... Uh, man there he was in tattered clothes and he was looking for some Christmas work and um he asked the lady if if she if he could do anything and she said well can you paint he said oh yes ma'am I can I'm a rather good painter for sure she said well there's two gallons of paint and a brush and she said if you'll go out and paint the porch out back said I'll I'll pay you what it's worth when it's over and so he went out there and got the paint started painting and uh few minutes later, a little while later, there's a knock on the door, and he's back. Paint all over him, okay? And, and she looks at him, and she says, so did you get everything done? And he said, oh yeah, I said, everything's done. She said, did you do a good job? I did a, a fine job. She said, well, I'll pay you what it's worth. Um, and so she went out, and, and he said, I, I did a great job. And he said, but the only thing is, Ma'am, we, we need to, I need to clarify something for you. He said that, that, that Porsche out back is a Mercedes, <laughs> not a porch, okay? <laughs> so he painted the wrong thing. He was misunderstood about what he was painting. He painted the car instead of the porch. Wow. You see, he, uh, he misunderstood what he was supposed to paint. I think the same thing happens when people think about Jesus. When they think about Christmas especially. Jesus at Christmas time. They, they see Jesus as a, as a cute little baby in a cute little manger. But they don't see him uh, for who he, who he really is. I would say that was the same thing that happened when he was born. People didn't see him for who he really was. But there was one old man that, that really did who understood who the baby Christ was, who the the child of Mother and Mary, uh, uh, Mary and Joseph were. About six weeks after Jesus was born, his parents takes him to the temple to, to dedicate him to the Lord, and that was required by the Mosaic Law. And most of the people, as they were gathering in the in the temple, they just saw a a, a couple that was dirt poor. They had come to the temple to, to do their, uh, to make their sacrifices, uh, but Simeon saw something different. He saw something far more than just a, a couple, a poor couple with their child. If you will, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to pick up the story there. Um, that's where we find the story of, of Simeon meeting the baby Jesus in the temple, and, and we continue on with uh, uh, Simeon's prayer. We are continuing our, our series on Christmas prayers. We looked at week one, Zachariah's prayer, the, which was called the Benedictus, and the prayer of thanksgiving. Last week, we, we looked at Mary's prayer, the magnificent, where she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. Today is Simeon's prayer, the Dimittis, and where he says, the Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. Lord, let your servant depart in peace. And so, as you're reading that, as I was reading that, the question for me was, what could make it possible for you to die in peace? Amen, what could make it possible for, for you to die in peace? And the story needs to be set up a little bit and in Luke chapter two, verse twenty-two through through twenty-four, it gives us a background of the story and brings us up to, to where Sermon, uh, Simeon is. But Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, they were people of God. They were steeped in tradition and and they kept the law of Judaism. And and part of keeping that law was to bring their child to the temple. Basically to to redeem him back from the Lord, to give a, a sacrifice to the Lord. And so we read here in in verses 20-24, through, through, through where Jesus is presented at the temple. And He says, "...when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Him to Jerusalem, took Jesus to Jerusalem, to present Him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord." a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there are two rituals mentioned in the larger passage here. The purification of the mother and the sacrificial uh, offering for the firstborn son. And for an understanding of this, we, we have to go back. And, and why do they do that? Why, do they, why, why did they make this offering? Why did they have to go to the temple? Well, it goes all the way back to the Old Testament in Leviticus. Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 12 and it says in Levit- Leviticus chapter 12 verses 1 through 4 it says the Lord said to Moses say to the Israelites a woman who becomes pregnant and gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days just as she is unclean during her monthly period on the eighth day the boy is to be circumcised when we back up to Luke chapter Two verse 21 we see where jesus was circumcised it says here then the woman must must wait 33 days to be purified from the bleeding she must not touch anything sacred or go into the sanctuary until the days of her purification are over and it continues in leviticus chapter 12 verses 6 through 8 it says when the days of her purification for a son or a daughter are over She is to bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meetings a year-old lamb for a burnt offering and a young pigeon or a dove for a sin offering. He shall offer them before the Lord and make atonement for her, and then she will be ceremonially clean from her flow of blood. These are the regulations for a woman who gives birth to a boy or a girl. But if she cannot afford a lamb, she is to bring two doves or two pigeons one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering in the way the priest will make atonement for her and she will be clean. And so Mary and Joseph were, again, they were godly people. We, we looked at that when we looked at the prayer of Mary. Uh, she was blessed by God. She was highly favored by God. And, and so they were, Mary and Joseph, they were following the ways of the Lord. And by doing so, they found their self in the temple here because they they were following the law. And the fact that they offered a pair of doves or two young pigeons indicates that that Mary and Joseph were not well off at all. You know, we we, we think about uh, later on the the, the wise men bring gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, But here they are, even then, but, but here they are seen as Poor people, a poor couple, identified by the sacrifice that they make at the temple. They couldn't afford the rich, man, the rich man's offering. And so they offered, with the rich man offering being the, the lamb. And so they made the poor man's offering, the, the two doves or the two pigeons. Think about this. They brought Jesus. They brought the child to the temple they offered a sacrifice for the child. Yes, for the child who would one day become a sacrifice Amen. for everybody else. So we began to see that who Jesus was, even as a child, even as an infant, Steeped in tradition. In the law of the Lord. In the law of Moses. Completing the Old Testament. Our story picks back up in Luke chapter 2. Again in in verse 25. This is where Simeon takes, this is where we find Simeon in the story. It says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. Now we don't know much about Simeon. Actually, we don't know anything at all about Simeon other than what's revealed in this one short passage here. But what we see in there is that Simeon was a righteous and a devout man. We see that he was intuned and he he listened to the Holy Spirit, that he was waiting on the, the comfort of Israel. And that he would die in peace. As we look at that passage, we see that, that the Holy Spirit is mentioned three times, just in those several, in those three verses. And just as we read in recent weeks, the Holy Spirit. Uh, was upon John, the, the John the Baptist, and uh, Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah, the Holy Spirit now comes to rest in Simeon. It says the Holy Spirit was on him. He says that the it says that the Holy Spirit revealed Simeon would see the Messiah. And it says the Holy Spirit prompted him to go to the temple. We look at Simeon's life and being obedient to God and, 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 and it's believed that, that he was an, an older man, that his life exemplified one defined by the terms of faithfully, faithfully following God through all of his days and being faithful to the end, serving God until the very end of his life. Sometimes we get old and we think, hey, I've got to start slowing down. I've got to start cutting back. I've got to turn this over to the young bucks a little bit. See, nowhere in the Bible does it mention that. The Bible says to stay strong to the end, to be faithful to the end. And so when Simeon's duty was done, he was ready to to join the Lord. You read on, you read the story of, of Anna, a prophetess, in the next couple of uh, verses, but Simeon and, and Anna were two people that were near the end of their life but they were faithfully serving God Amen. in the temple. Amen, they were not cutting back. They, they were faithful in all the areas of life. It says that Anna went on to, to, to serve in the temple every day. When we think about this meeting it was not a, a, a meeting between uh, Mary and Joseph and, and Simeon it, it was not an accident by, by any stretch of the imagination it wasn't by luck or, or by chance that they all showed up at the same time no this was a it was a divine appointment orchestrated and scheduled by God Himself to bring all these things together so that the Lord Jesus would be in the temple so that Simeon would be there to see the Messiah so that he could die in peace, so that Mary and Joseph would follow through in the tradition of Judaism. I wonder, thinking about that story and, and, and reading that story over the years, I wonder what would have happened if Simeon didn't go to the temple. When he feels the prompting of the Holy Spirit to go, Seeming, go to the temple, go to the church today. I have something special for you today. What, what if the Lord is is pulling him and drawing him to that? But yet Seeming says, No, I gotta check my Facebook today. No, I gotta spend some time checking my emails. I gotta get caught up for tomorrow. I gotta get on my computer. I gotta I gotta do this or that instead of following the prompting of the Holy Spirit. What if he thought, man, I am really tired today. I've worked all week and I'm just going to take a nap today. Or what if he decided, hey, it's nice out. The weather's good. It's hunting season. I'm going to go out hunting. Okay? Or maybe I'm going to take the boat out on the lake. Or or maybe I'm going to go shopping at Walmart. You know, there's just a few days left. You see, for Simeon, knowing and following God was of supreme importance. It was most important to him. He was was wanting to see the Messiah. He was wanting to encounter and to experience Jesus Christ. And his seeing the Messiah prompted him to praise the Lord for seeing Him and experiencing something that he's been waiting so long for. And the birth of Christ, the fulfillment of God's promises, the, the consolation of, of Israel, the coming of the Messiah, all of those give him reason, great reason to praise God. We see in verse, verse 27 where it, where it picks up. It says, when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. It says, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Now, now I can just imagine, Caroline's got a set of new twins. And, and people are always looking at him, but can you see a, you, know, a, a, a feeble, aged old man? maybe he's got cataracts in his eyes and can't see? Maybe he's, he's got a, a, a cane walking up, and he says, "Caroline, can I hold your baby?" <laughs> and Caroline's like, <laughs> "I don't know." <laughs> but Mary hands her child over to this man. It says Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. And this is where Simeon's prayer begins in verse 29. And he says, Sovereign Lord, as You have promised, You may now dismiss Your servant in peace. God, my my life is complete. What You have promised has come to pass. And everything You told me is is done. And now my work is finished. I can leave this world in peace. Let me ask you today, can you leave this world in peace? Do you know the peace of Christ in your heart? He goes on in verse 30, he says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Praise the Lord. child's father and mother, it says, they marveled at at what was said about the child. And then Simeon turns the conversation about praising God for for, for having seen the salvation, having seen the Messiah, what he had waited his entire life for. He now turns the, the, the statements back and addresses Mary. And he says in verse 34, It says, Then Simeon blessed him and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. This must have startled Mary as as Simeon turned that conversation back to her, telling her these things. I guess it startled her, but if you think about everything Mary and Joseph have have experienced in the last 10 to 12 months, maybe it didn't startle them at all. You see, the one who would bring salvation Uh in Jesus Christ would also be the one To bring judgment. The the cornerstone will be the foundation for some and it will be the stone of stumbling for others. And so when when he mentions the falling and the rising, it doesn't refer, uh, or I'm sorry, it does refer to to two different groups, not a group falling and then rising back up. But the falling is the judgment and the rejection. And as we read scripture as he grows and, and he begins his ministry, we see where. Jesus is rejected even by his own people. He will become one of division, not one of peace. We we, we look at at Luke chapter 12, verse 51, and man, it says, I've come to bring division. Parents against child, and child against parents, and sibling against sibling. Because you see, there'll be some that will accept Christ and some that won't. And there'll be a division there. Some will accept the salvation and some will reject it. Amen. And so those who reject it will be falling on judgment. And those who receive it, will, Christ will be the, the cornerstone of their, of their spiritual life. The rising is the salvation of, of those who, who trust in the Lord Jesus. And the, soul, the, the sword that'll pierce her soul That would be the cross. Can you imagine? As a mother, of course, I can't imagine, but as a dad, I can. As a mother giving birth to a child and raising that child and and loving that child and and teaching them every day how to live life, how to cope with life, how to deal with life and, and, and see them grow into adulthood. And then for Mary to to witness her son being beaten and tortured and mocked and spit upon and made fun of and hauling his cross and, and him being nailed to the cross and bleeding through the cross. That's the sword that would pierce her soul one day. You see, for Simeon to see Jesus was to see salvation. He he had met Jesus and, and was now at peace with death. Are you? There are young people in here. Somebody I used to go to church, a little bit younger than me, his uh, early 20s, late teens, son died last week. You see, we never know, do we? No, we, don't. we can't understand. Some of you here today have been on the brink of death. The people here today, of course, all of us have lost a loved one. But Simeon, he was at peace with whatever happened, whenever it happened, and he, he could die knowing that he had salvation and his salvation was sealed because he had experienced Jesus. Everything in life, everything else in life for him paled in comparison. He's he's now content with his life seeing God's salvation. He had held it, he had experienced it and by doing so it put everything else in perspective. Amen. You see when we look at the light of eternity, the wealth of the world, the things of the world, it makes no difference at all because it will all rust, die and go away one day. And the only thing in life, in this life, that matters is the next life and being prepared for our eternal life. And here Simeon says that that he is at peace. He's now content with his life since he had seen God's salvation. And by doing so, it put everything else in perspective. He he understood it. And he could be at peace knowing that, that he had carried out God's call on his life he was faithful to the end yes jesus came as a sweet cute little baby in a in a manger but that's not who he is he was sinless and perfect in every way he lived a a perfect life he was crucified on the on the cross he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin so that we could have eternal life he was crucified there They put him in a tomb, but God raised him to life on the third day so that we could have the hope of a resurrected life too. Praise God for that. He came to save us sinners from our own selves. He died on the cross for our salvation. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of peace. Folks, that is the God we serve. That is the God that we worship. That is the God that we put our hope in. Amen, brother. Because He and He alone is the only one that can provide salvation. Let me ask you again today have you met Him? Have you experienced Him? And if you died today, would you die in peace? If you died today, would you die in peace? You can today. You can accept Jesus Christ and know the Prince of Peace in a way that you've never known Him before. He can forgive your sins and He can assure you of eternal life if you've never done that. Have you experienced a salvation like Simeon? To to hold salvation and and to experience it and to have that, 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 that peace that overcomes any bit of, Any logic that we have. It goes beyond our comprehension. Do you know that peace in your life today? Is everything okay in your heart? Is everything well with your soul today? Are you at peace? Can you leave this world in peace today? If not, you come and receive the peace of Christ in your heart. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we have seen the faithfulness of Simeon We've seen his steadfastness, his devotion, his love for you, his faithfulness to the end of life. To have experienced salvation, to know salvation is to know peace. And Father, today I pray that everyone within the sound of my voice would know you as peace. That only by knowing you, our heart can indeed, will be filled with peace. Father, may no one leave this place today. I pray that no one would shut their computer off today without knowing the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful time of year to accept Jesus as your Lord. The one who lived the perfect life. The one who shed His blood on the cross. The one who was raised to life so that we could have eternal life. Lord, hear our prayers today. And may You be glorified in everything we do. And may we be faithful To the very end. For it's in Christ's name we pray.